Coming up right now on The One with a Podcast. Monica was not invited to Rachel's wedding. You've been best friends through high school. You went to prom together. What happened between college graduation and Mm -hmm. walking into the coffee house? Hey, I'm Mark. And I'm Christy. And this is a podcast about everyone's favorite show. Friends! We've been fans from the beginning, and we're here to break down the episodes. That's 10 seasons. All the funny lines, hilarious situations, and how the show has influenced pop culture for over 25 years. We'll look at how our friends bonded. How they grew up before our eyes. And maybe even how we grew up along with them. And I know we'll have a lot of laughs along the way. This is The One with a Podcast. So that kind of like can lead into this next thing that you and I both notice. Actually, you you notice this is they're watching TV late one night and all of a sudden the Star Spangled Banner starts playing. Mhm. What's your observation on that one? Well, I just remember being a kid and that's what happened every night when the channel was done with their programming for the right. day. They would play the Star Spangled Banner, and then the bars would come up, the colored bars, and then it would go to snow. Right. And that's how it would be until 6 o'clock in the morning or whatever time that the regular programming started back up again. There was no broadcasting. I can't remember if it was law or if it's just like, well, everybody's going to be asleep. Why are we broadcasting anything? Mm -hmm. I remember the weird, the only thing that would sometimes play stuff was PBS. Mm, right. And that's when Doctor Who would be on. Oh, yeah. And all those kind of like weird British shows would come on in the middle of the night. And right. I remember they actually kind of scared me as a <laughs> child. <laughs> well, they were always kind of sci-fi-ish. Mm-hmm. But it's funny that that is how they ended the day with the Star yeah. Spangled Banner. Because like the thing starts playing and Monica turns the TV off. She's like, I'm done. Yeah. She's but like, all right, like, I guess that's it. that late at night, like... Nowadays, you're like, why is the Star Spangled Banner playing right before they go to bed? <laughs> well, you said that there, you think that there's like a local channel around you that still plays yeah. the Star Spangled so Banner they, at midnight or something? I think they they actually played at the beginning of the day. Oh. Which is funny because it's not like the beginning. Like, So what we're talking about is now there's broadcast all the time, even if it's an mm-hmm. infomercial. But it's funny when they're starting like their official broadcast day, whether it's our morning news show at 4 a.m. or whatever's going on, then they have an artist sing the national anthem. And I'm just like, hmm. ooh, that's weird. It's weirdly reminiscent of, like, it may, when you said, when you told me about this, I was like, oh, that's how I feel when I hear the Star Spangled Banner in the morning if I happen to be up that early. Back then, there was an end and a beginning to the broadcast day. And... Now everything's just, you're on all the time. Right. Or, you know, we don't, gosh, I can't even remember the last time I watched real TV. I'm going to be honest. We don't have cable. Oh, right. Because you don't, yeah. We have Netflix. We have Hulu. We have Disney Plus. We have Amazon Prime. Like, I mean, you you are totally a streaming household. Mm -hmm. Like you have no live TV. You don't have cable. I mean, you have access to live TV Mm -hmm. on a streaming platform. Mm Mm-hmm. Like you've, you know, you've cut the cord, as they say. Yeah. So we don't ever see, I mean, a couple of years ago, we did have it. And I remember it being primarily advertisements, you know, those weird right. half hour long advertisements in the middle of the night. Yeah. But when we were kids, there was nothing. Like mm-hmm. if you were awake past probably even 11 o'clock in New Hampshire, yeah. 
Oh, wow. It, there was nothing. You <laughs> had nothing except for Doctor Who on the PBS channel. Okay, so let's just get back into some of the things that we noticed. I uh, see that you noticed yeah. that it was kind of weird that Monica was not invited to Rachel's wedding. Yeah, isn't that strange? Like, when you think about all the episodes moving forward, they were basically best friends. Like, obviously, they've built their, they've rebuilt their best friendship as adults in this series. Mm-hmm. But we gather that they were best friends really all along. So what happened, and I'm, I'm sure there's, I don't know that there is an answer to this question, but what happens if you've been best friends through high school, you went to prom together, et cetera, et cetera. You went to college together. They had a college scene together. Mm-hmm. You know, when Monica ordered the pizza at the party and whatever. And she gets stuck in the beanbag. <laughs> yes. Is yes. that the one? Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> so how are you best friends that long? What happened in between maybe college graduation Mm -hmm. and walking into the coffee house that she would not, I mean, Monica even says it like, and why wasn't I invited to the wedding? And Rachel's like, Oh, I thought that wasn't going to come up or whatever she says. And it's sort of like, we never get the answer, but it is funny to think why would she not have even, okay. So here's one take and I'm now this is, I'm just like flying Offhand. I didn't even think <laughs> just, of that. Just fly. Yeah. So this is off the cuff, but it's sort of like, okay, when you look at her life, she somehow gets into, you know, she's a rich girl. She gets into this elitist type community. Like we even see the scene where she's with the girls and they're all, you know, ritzy. Yeah, exactly. So even if that was her life, she somehow went into, you know, I mean, what do you call that? It's almost like, you know, the Housewives of Beverly Hills type yeah. type mentality. So I get that maybe in life they drifted apart and she got into that world because she was going to marry a dentist. Right. So that's a ritzy, you know, Very I don't think she was not going to work. Mm-hmm. She was going to marry into money and be a, house, a rich housewife. So she probably somehow they drifted apart after college and she found a new set of friends i mean that's really i guess the reason but and here's here's probably my other speculation it's too stereotypical i don't want to be this way about it but like if you were rich and you were gonna have um you're probably gonna have a big wedding why wouldn't you invite everyone everybody part of your life anyway yeah well and especially she's like very look (laughs) right you right. know, with her girlfriends later on, and yeah, I don't. It's interesting, but yeah. but if you fast forward to when Phoebe and Monica are talking about when they they cut out Amanda, mm, mm, they cut mm. off Amanda. What did what did they call that? Wasn't it? Cut you tried me to out? cut me out. Cut me yeah. Out. yeah. So if you fast forward to when Phoebe and Monica are talking about Amanda, hi, I'm Amanda, darling. Yeah. When they cut her out. There's also this like track record of the friends sort of going, mm, we're all set with you. And right. then they cut them out. So did Rachel cut Monica out? Or did oh, Monica cut Rachel, Rachel out? out? Right. Because it's possible. Another culture throwback. I mean, I think of myself, even in the high school, college years, the mentality or the maturity of where you're at. I would have easily been like, you annoy me. I'm going to cut you out and never talk to you again. 
Yeah. In that immature, like, they uh-huh. said something bad about me and they're annoying. So you're I want to You're no longer on. my best friend. Right. Exactly. Right. And so that could have happened. It was a phrase. I mean, I don't know if it was an, a real phrase in real life, but when Phoebe said that she was going to cut, let's cut her out. Let's cut Amanda out. Monica already knew what that meant. Right. You know, or unless they established it there, because later she was like, you were going to cut me out? <laughs> yes. And but so, Monica was too scrappy. So she clawed her way back in. I want to do the timeline of that. Like when we think Phoebe and Monica and Amanda were friends. Ooh, Where does that fall in uh-huh. relation to post Maybe that was Maybe that was in between Monica and Rachel. Right. Right. Like maybe they tried to find a new set of friends. Maybe Amanda was their replacement for Rachel. Ooh. Conspiracy theory. Because then, but also, did we, do we know when Phoebe and Monica became friends? Do we remember how that started? We'll have I'm to, we'll sure probably we have to come upon yeah. that at some point. I just said come upon that like it's 1967. <laughs> we'll have um, to come upon that later. Right. Hmm. But you know what I mean? So it's funny. But then when you think about it, here's another, let's overread this, overanalyze this, because that's the way I am. <laughs> <laughs> they knew each other in college. So that would have been anywhere from like 18 to 21 years old, right? Mm-hmm. Graduate college. I get, And then they get together when they're maybe 25. Mm-hmm. There's only like four years that they could have been apart, which is a long time. It is a long time, especially that time of your life. But when you look back and see it, it's like, oh, because I had a friend that she and I, we stopped being friends like right after graduation from high school. Mm-hmm. And then we caught back up again when I was 22. Oh. And I was engaged to be married and yeah. cut it off. Oh. It's an interesting, it's, it's kind of an interesting parallel. <laughs> But yeah, that, I mean, sometimes, sometimes that naturally happens. I mean, mm-hmm. it's a bummer when it's someone who is like a close friend in college, mm-hmm. but it does happen. And so, because that's the other thing, when you think about if it's only been four years, a lot of things can happen in those four or five years. Because then when Rachel does come in, she's like, I went to your apartment and you weren't there, and that's how I thought you would be here. Mm-hmm. Well, she obviously still knows where Monica is-ish. Well, their parents are friends, oh, right? Oh, right. So I wonder about that. Like, maybe maybe they keep up with each other somehow right. through their parents. Which then but, yeah. circles back to the question, why was she not invited <laughs> why to the wedding? Why was she at the wedding? Holy cow! But, and, and not only was she not at the wedding, and their friendship had been fractured, why would Rachel go to her? Like, why right. would she seek her out? Like, why her? It's almost like it, maybe Monica was home to her. Yes, maybe. Because here's the thing. There there was an awakening. I, can't, I just came up with that word for this <laughs> situation. Very good. There was an awakening in Rachel to be like, oh, man, I don't want to marry this guy. Mm-hmm. I need to leave this life. So she couldn't call her. Ah! friends because they're <laughs> all true. in that world she was leaving that that world yeah and so to think what and maybe we know this and we just haven't we'll get there in this podcast but what you know we say this in the in the 2000s and now in the modern day what made her woke you know what i mean like <laughs> she lived this life for maybe four years 
I mean, I think it'll evolve in the podcast to see what made her realize this is not the life she wanted. And to think, mm-hmm. like you said, to think that Monica was home. Not at home, but like that was her home comfortable safety place. And that she wanted to be yeah. more like Monica right. with her family than and and her friends than what she felt with the people that were closest to her at that time. Right. Who probably were a little narcissistic, a little Right. I mean, I feel like that's I feel I don't want because I don't want to stereotype. I'll, maybe I'll just talk about my life. Like I feel like you come to a certain point. I came to a certain point where it's like, wow, I'm tired of this whole putting up the facade. Like, mm-hmm. can't I just be real and authentic? I mean, I'm not perfect at it, but it's sort of you just are finally you find your people. Now, granted, I'm an introvert. I'm an introvert right on the line of extrovert. Oh, I think we're the same. Yeah, where I can, I can, you know. Uh-huh. I can function as an extrovert. It is exhausting. Definitely. Yeah. But I am, because the funny thing is, is, like, I am comfortable in this, like, our one-on-one. You know, whenever I'm visiting you guys up there, mm-hmm. it's sort of like, I'm comfortable. Now, granted, you know, we're all close friends, so it's like, that is comfortable, but I'm good with, like, the two or three of us. Mm-hmm. The ironic thing is, I'm also good in front of a thousand people. Like, get me in front of a thousand people to, to do a speech or to sing or whatever, and I'm fine with that. But put me at a table with 12 people, then it's like, <laughs> right. oh, no, I got to, like, fig- I don't want to leave anybody out. At the same time, it's exhausting to make sure I've talked to the other 11 people at this table. Mm-hmm. Where an extrovert is very surfacy, and not every time, but for the most part, they're all about everybody and talking. I imagine it comes very easily, too. Like in my mind, I'm like, oh, this must be so easy for other people because in the meantime, I'm trying to think of something that I want to say to Mark so that he feels like he's part of this conversation. And then I'm going to segue and help, you know, Jane also know that Mark knows how she feels because this is what she's going through. Exactly. Oh, I do the exact same thing. I become like this. I feel like I'm like a DJ of conversations trying to like mix and mingle with everybody. So, hey, Lucille, I I remember when you said that the other day. Lisa also. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just want to. Yeah. I just want to have a one on one or like a three. Yeah. I'm good with three. Right. Like we don't want to look at Rachel's life as a negative. No. And her not wanting to live that kind of life isn't necessarily that, you know, people who have money and people who are married to dentists or doctors or people who aspire to greater, bigger Mm -hmm, things. mm -hmm. We're not saying that they are unworthy of love and maybe they don't feel love the same the way that, you know, just sort of regular people do, or they're not authentic. They are. I know tons of good people who have lots of money. Right. I wish I was one of them. (laughs) I know. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Yeah, so, I'm not. Yeah, and it, it it is. I mean, it's totally a, a, a another conversation in the sense of, again, the stereotypes. Like, we're not trying to stereotype. Mm-hmm. We're not saying because she was rich and because she wanted to marry into money that that was a bad thing, but there was something that didn't feel authentic to her. Mm-hmm. You know, right? Like, I'm sure it wasn't we know, true like, to who she was. Yeah, and so she wanted to find something different, which you know, obviously, it's not. It wasn't wrong for her to aspire. I mean, she went to, you know, work for Gucci or whoever. 
you know, all these big, yeah, you know, all these big conglomerates, which is, again, Mm -hmm. still a part of her personality. But she was still trying to be real. Right. And still real. Yeah. And she probably was rich. I mean, we've seen the progress of, you know, that's probably another episode. We got to write this down is the progress of all their jobs. I mean, this episode, she leaves that life, comes to Monica's, and all of a sudden, at the end, here she is holding that carafe of coffee. Right. And it's like, oh, I forgot that it was right in the first episode that she gets this new job. It's not like she was still looking. Like, in my mind, I thought, you know, episode two or three, and then finally she... And it's funny, she didn't even work for Gunther. It was like... The guy from ALF. (laughs) 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 To go back to being funny, like to look at it from the humor perspective, I do love the two reasons that they give for Rachel running out on Barry is that, first of all, he looks like Mr. Potato Head. (laughs) And he has sex with his socks on. Oh, right. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I know. It's not because you were wearing sex the other... <laughs> it's not because you were wearing socks when we were making love. I promise. Like, the way she says it is so funny. It's like, it paints such a strange picture in your head. It's, it's right. what your face did when I said that. You were like, oh, that's so right. weird. Right. If you wear socks when you're making love and everybody's good with it, you're good. Right. Again, but no judging. No judgment. <laughs> I feel like going into this, I was watching this episode more. How do I say that? I was overwatching it. Oh yeah, because, I was taking notes like a crazy person. Right, and it's and I and there's a purpose to that because when I'm watching it every day in everyday life, I do catch these. I'm sure we catch these little things that are funny. But now we wanted to discuss how that is. So it's funny because then I almost overdid it where it's like, but here's why every line was funny. Right. Like I almost wrote down every line to be like, here's why this is funny when it's really just a passing thought. But it was Mm -hmm. funny to me for some reason. You know what I mean? And that's I I guess that's what makes this show so universal. It's like there's going to be something. And it's just random because it's always random stuff because I wanted to write down even these one liners that it was like it had nothing to do with anything. But they just happen to say it in passing. And I think some of those are just so great. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're just like these little weird zingers that are just put in there. And it's it's interesting when I watched this episode, just like for the sake of sitting down, watching this episode and actually paying attention to it. Because, I mean, mm-hmm. honestly, you and I have probably seen these episodes so many times, right. whether they were just on like TV or whether you have the DVD just running in the background or right. Netflix or whatever back mm-hmm. when it was on. Yeah. It just became sort of the soundtrack of my life mm-hmm. in a way where I didn't even have to watch it. I could just listen and tune oh, in yeah. when I I could be doing right. whatever, cooking right. or reading even. I'd have friends on in the background. Yeah. And it's funny how when you sit down and actually break it down, you realize how many funny Mm-hmm. one-liners, and how many storylines are packed into just the one right. episode. Right. And I was like, weird. That was this episode? Yeah. That's so weird. I didn't realize that. Yeah. It's just strange when you sit down and do your homework, like watching it like the first time. Oh, and I wish that we had time to talk about Monica's hair. 
because in what this, the heck in the pilot? In the pilot, yeah. Her hair is no, crazy. I, but you should bring that up because we can do an episode on hair. I mean, Rachel's yeah. hair was a big deal. Oh, there are a couple of weird Joey's hair. <laughs> Joe, too. I was just gonna say that Joey's hair was. I mean, I had that hair in nineteen. He looks like Ben. He has like Ben's haircut. <laughs> Except it's brown. Oh, and I love the part that talks about Joey. Uh Yeah, Matt LeBlanc having the flu during the pilot. He had a fever of 102. Wow. That is crazy. And I read a couple of articles about, they were saying that, oh, the the first episode is crap and... They didn't do a very good job setting this up and these characters are lame and one-dimensional. I didn't feel that. No, I I've don't. always kind of loved the pilot, but I but if you love friends, you kind of lump it all together yeah. and just love it. But I didn't feel aside from the fact that Joey's very confident, like you had noticed, I didn't feel yeah. like I thought that he did a great job for being really really sick. Oh yeah. I would never have been able to tell that. Never. You know, and he didn't wear a mask or social distance. <laughs> and who knows <laughs> no, how didn't. many they've spread around in that whole, you know, <laughs> cast and crew. They probably all got the flu after that. (laughs) But yeah, but here's also the other thing. Joey does not appear buffoonish at all. Like Mm -mm. we get to know him as this goofy, like he doesn't know everything. But there's no clue of that in this at all. Not that he's overly smart or witty, but he's not like, you know, buffoony. Nope. What I noticed was that they, not attack, but they they talk about Monica's relationship fails. They talk about Chandler's relationship fails with him saying, you know, dinner and no sex, that's a date to me. And then Ross Ross walks in and they talk about Mm -hmm. the fact that his marriage is crumbling. Rachel walks in and says, you know, she's wearing a wedding gown because apparently she's a runaway bride. Phoebe says something about a guy eating chalk because like, I don't want what happened what happened with Carl to happen to you Monica right and then they you know so they go through the all the friends except for Joey right and they don't give him a fail until they are at Ross's apartment and it's Chandler that says between the two of us we haven't had a relationship that's lasted longer than a mento <sighs> And then at the end of that scene, Joey goes, all right, I got to go on my date with Andrea. And then he goes, Angela, no, Andrea. And then Chandler says something to delineate which one is which. Mm -hmm. And Joey goes, right, it's Julie. Right. And you get a little tiny flaw. Oh, right. You know, that that he doesn't commit and that he's, you know, playing the field. And he even says that right, I think even in that same scene earlier, when he says something about um, there isn't one person for everybody, mm-hmm. he alludes to I I have multiple people, which is his character development. But he's the only one that isn't, quote unquote, failing at a relationship. Right. But in essence, it is because he can't have one relationship. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting right, because that he's at least the only they have. Take. Yeah. That he's the only take that is opposite which in that day and age was probably appealing mm-hmm. to people that I can, you know, I'm, I've been around the block a few times, you know. Yeah. 
but yeah, it's just it's just funny. It's it's an interesting thing that they but then they doubled back and gave Joey a ton of character flaws. Yeah. Later on. Right. You know, that Right. And there there's I mean, there's one I'm sure we'll pick it up at some point where he actually brings up something logical and smart, which would be considered logical <laughs> and smart. And I think it's even early on. I remember reading this even recently, but it's funny that in that episode he does that, but that was out of character for him. You right. Know, where later he would never have said stuff like that. You know. Well, I know he has said things before in some of the some of the episodes, and Chandler will go, "Do I even know you? Or who are you anyway? Right. Like, who are you right now?" Right. Or even like when he's like, "I was due," like he gets the <laughs> one a year. The one bright thing a year, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but usually he's the one that they're like, oh, you're so pretty. Right. <laughs> right. right. But it's, it's, I, it's, I love how they evolved. Whether or not it was the way people would naturally evolve, they did evolve to us knowing what they're like. Season 10, you know what each of them are, are like. And Chandler right. really... Chandler's probably consistent. His the character the characteristic is he's just always sarcastic. Like he always has a comment and mm-hmm. that's always been. Right. You know what I mean? The other people the other people. The other friends <laughs> they have characteristics but it's just like nuances. You know, mm-hmm. Ross and his neediness that comes across somewhat. Um Phoebe and her hippiness and her, you know, out there thoughts. She's floopy. Floopy, right. Where with with Chandler, it's always acted out. Right. Like, it's verbal. You know, Monica and her perfectionism. Like, she tells us that in in so many ways. So, who is Rachel then? That's what I was going to ask you, too. Like, it's so funny that we can can say, like, you know, we have these definite ideas about who they are. But even when you first, at the beginning of our conversation, you were naming off their different characteristics and then you just sort of left Rachel out and it's it's funny because that's actually a conscious question it's an interesting through that that I don't have I personally is she a mixture right but what is it about her like is it just because she's the pretty one I mean not that they're not all pretty but at the same time she's the one that quote-unquote by society standards is like the bombshell the prettiest one the cheerleader I suppose. You know? But like what is her character? Like what is something I in her know. character that you know, Ross is needy and whiny. I can say that. Mm-hmm. Joey's a player. Phoebe's a wild card. Right. But you always know it's gonna be the wild card. Yes, exactly. Even if it's different, you know it's gonna be. So I wonder if Rachel is that mixed character that she can be sarcastic. She's been sarcastic many times. She has been funny many times. Yeah. She has been a little bit controlling, maybe. I don't know. I don't know about that one. Maybe in the Ross and Rachel context. <laughs> yeah. Very. Yeah. Not in the she's bad way. She's been needy. Yeah. She's been, she's been a little bit of all of those. What is her characteristic? Yeah. And she it's is a player in a female version. Like oh, she's yeah. She's the Joey female version. Absolutely. But there's nothing in that sense. Like, you're right about the mixed character. Is she the one that balances everybody out? And she is, she's just sort of that. Wow. 
Well, we have a lot to discuss, as you've heard. We've bounced around Ooh. to a ton of things. If you could see our notes, we <laughs> probably didn't even cover 50% of the stuff that we were going to discuss. But There's so much more to talk about. We hope you've enjoyed what you've heard so far. Join us on social media. Look us up at The One With A Podcast or stop by theonewithapodcast.com. That's theonewithapodcast.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks for tuning in. We will uh, cue up the Star Spangled Banner now. (laughs) It's the end of broadcasting, folks. Okay. <laughs>